Welcome to RCC. My name is Aaron. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. If you've worked your way through toy tractors and were expecting to find a presentation on how tractors or our agriculture works, unfortunately you found me, which I know absolutely nothing about those things. But I do know a lot about toys, and there's some cool toy tractors out there, so check some of those out on your way out. Uh, maybe buy a ticket or buy a, a tractor or two. We're actually giving this one away, so if you want a chance to win this one, you can fill out a red card. Uh, whether you're an adult or a kid, you can both win it. Uh, fill out your red card and put that in the offering basket as it comes by later today. And then if you don't have a red card, you can go to the welcome desk, fill one of those out there and put it in there. But anyways, I hope that when you come here, uh, you can relax and know that you're in the right place because I'm honored to be with you today and my hope is for you to be able to enjoy a 25-minute service that's a biblical sermon that will help relieve stress and busyness in your life. But before we go any further, I want to pray. So if you guys would bow your heads with me, that'd be great. Hey God, thanks for giving us a place where we can come and worship you. I just pray that as we talk about some things that Jesus did that relieve some busyness and stress in his life, I pray that we can model those things with our own lives. In your name we pray, amen. Now, if you haven't been with us for a few, a few weeks, we are actually in week three of our March Madness series. And we've been talking all about things that make us mad. So, so far it's been life, and then we talked about stress last week. This week, we are talking all about busyness and the hustle. Do the hustle. Do the hustle. Does anybody want to do the hustle real quick for us? Any uh, volunteers? No one? Come on now. So not really the dancing or the, the hustle of the dance, but we're, today what we're going to talk about is the lifestyle, the hustle lifestyle. Today the trend is nonstop hustling. Now if you don't know that term, basically what it means is nonstop going. It means maximization, full productivity, side job on side job on side job, work until you can't, pack in as much as you possibly can in a day, full blown at it with the kids schedule, your own while still finding time to cram that one more thing in. Now, to kind of give you an example of what this looks like, here's an example of a guy's schedule that I would describe as a hustler. Check it out. Now, this video, it goes on until midnight of him finishing up his last meeting. It just goes on and on and on of packing different things in. Now, the reason I show you this is because this tends to be the trend for today. Hustle until you crash for the weekend or whenever your short recovery period is. Now, if that sounds like your life, you're a hustler. Maybe you, maybe you don't buy into the hustle lifestyle, though, or you're kind of like, ah, I don't think I'm that big of a hustler, Aaron. Maybe you, though, connect with one of these statements. Maybe you, you cram in as much as you possibly can in your schedule. Maybe you're so busy that you can't find time for the things you actually enjoy. Maybe you find yourself drained before you even start the next day. Maybe you feel obligated to say yes to that one other request to help out or to lead with something. Or maybe you always respond with the same uh, one word whenever someone asks you, how's life, how's work going, how's, the, how's being at home? And you always respond with busy, busy. If you find yourself connecting with one of these, you may be more of a hustler than you think. And you may be driving yourself mad. And more than just a March Madness type of man. As I'm up here, 
I'm not going to lie. Uh, this is full on my life, actually. I'm the epitome of a hustler. A typical packed day for me is wake up early, get ready for work, work, work out, do a side job, uh, run to Menards because they happen to have that 11% off sale that I have to go to, uh, go to another side job of selling something, call a few people while I'm driving, then get home uh, and work a little bit at home, clean with my, while my, I'm talking to my wife and catching up with her, and then maybe schedule that hang with that other couple or that other friend and then repeat, repeat. Well, when I look back on my schedule or my day, I think this is crazy. This is crazy. Did I need to cram it all in? Like, honestly, I saved maybe $10 from an arts, but I actually didn't because I didn't send the rebate in. And the side job didn't really pay that much. The, I wasn't totally engaged with my wife when we, I was cleaning and I just was never fully present. My lifestyle caused maybe more issues than good, but I'm still a full-on hustler at times. And this is just one day of the week that describes my typical life, and it has driven me mad at times, yet I still do it. When I look through the Bible and Scripture, during Jesus' time, I think many people would have predicted Jesus to be a straight-up hustler, busy, maximizing his time. Many would expect him to occupy every second of his days with people, with ministry and care. I mean, he's Jesus, right? If someone is going to hustle and has a reason for it, it's Jesus. Yet as you look through the Bible, I think evidence points to him actually avoiding it. There's a, a few points from Jesus in the Bible that show this really well. So today, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about these three points. To, and today, I hope to challenge both my own hustle lifestyle, the trend of today, and maybe your own busy schedules. I'm going to challenge the concept of maybe busier isn't better. Maybe the hustle is actually hurting or hindering our lives. That maybe we aren't living out the way God wants us to. So story number one, or passage number one, it starts in Mark 6, 2 through 3. It says this, The next Sabbath he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, Where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed, He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. So what we see in this passage is Jesus is doing ministry, but he's known to be a worker. He worked. Jesus was a carpenter. And back in that day, many translations of carpenter, the word itself, would refer to not just someone that worked with wood, but someone that was a mason or a handyman. So he was a busy man doing a lot of work. Yet needless to say, Jesus was doing his ministry, but he also worked. So point number one is Jesus worked, but his ministry or mission was put first. Finances, success, security, they were inferior to what he felt his ministry, mission, or purpose in life was. Now one thing I want to be clear of is, like, like I said, Jesus worked. So I'm not advocating for, forget it, I'm not going to work anymore, I'm just going like, to become the best guitar player because that's my mission, that's why I'm here. No, Jesus worked but his purpose wasn't work. Have you ever heard the phrase or the quote, work to live, don't live to work? 
Well, we're called to live a purposeful life, not called to live a work-filled life. So whether you work full-time, you stay at home, you're in transition, what consumes your time of work? Are you barely scraping by on time because you busy yourself with work or busy yourself thinking about work all the time? Or are you working or getting things done at home so that you can live out your mission and purpose? There are obviously things we must do, right? But sometimes things just have to wait because our mission is more important. Another example of ministry and work is Paul, actually. Paul is the big shot of the Bible. He's written many of the books, many of the letters in in the Bible. And Paul actually worked as well. He was this missionary that would go to churches all around. Yet he was known to be a tent maker. He would make tents and he would stay with people and work while he was doing his purpose and his mission. So both Jesus and Paul worked, but it didn't stop them from their purpose, their ministry, or developing relationships. So for us, what does that look like? Does it look like saying no to that second job to buy the boat, the vacation, or car, because your passion really is coaching, music, volunteering, or listening? Does it look like stepping away from your work phone at night so that you can invest fully in your family? Does it look like letting the house just be messy for a while or uh, letting that, that schedule just slip by so that you can fully invest time in worshiping and connecting with others? What does it look like for us to work to live but not live to work? So that's our first point. Jesus worked, but his ministry was put first. Our number two point, or our second point is, is one that irks my personality completely and in so many ways. I'm a planner. I I like to know my schedule. I like to know everything that's happening like two weeks in advance. Like I have my calendar all set on my phone. And then there's people that aren't like that. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Those people that aren't really planners or schedulers. And they like would stop by your house and be like, hey, how's it going? And I'm like, you're not on the calendar. I wasn't planning on you being here. You know, and like they stop by and like, I'm thinking like, all right, we'll talk for five minutes. Good. Why are you still here? You know, like an hour passed. Why are you still here? And these people, they just stop by. There's people like that. And some of you are like, yeah, that's me. I just ruined all of your experiences ever stopping by our house, didn't I? But even when I invite you over, if I invite you over to come and hang out at our house or we have a time together, this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking something like this. I'm joking, but for real though. I like to be in charge of plans, right? I like to be in charge of the plans. But if I want to be more like Jesus, this needs to change because of our second point. Our second point is Jesus embraced the moment. Jesus would change his busy plans for people. Jesus told people specifically the day of, I'm coming to your house. You see this in Luke 19.5. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. I was thinking about if, if I was in that position, my gut reaction would be like, no, you're not. The house is a mess, and it looks like next week, Thursday, from 5 to 7, I'm free. Maybe you could come by then. 
But then you have to think, it's Jesus, right? Of course you're going to have him over. Of course you're going to invite him over if he says he's coming. Well, Scripture actually talks about how when we invite other people over and embrace other people stopping over, it's like embracing Jesus. It says this in Matthew 25, 40. It says, The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Now, I think this scripture, it applies to people around us. Jesus wants us to connect relationally for, with others. He wants us to care for those that are in need of just even time to connect with other individuals, other couples. So Jesus, I think, wants us to say yes to impromptu visits. Another example of how Jesus shows us we need to embrace the moment is with children. Jesus, he actually blesses children. It's in Matthew 19, 13. It says this. One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could lay his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. But Jesus said, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. And he placed his hands on their heads and blessed them before he left. Jesus had children come to him, and the disciples are thinking, these stinking parents, he's busy. He has more important things to do. Yet Jesus embraced the moment for people. Are you embracing the moment for people? Are you embracing the moments when people want to spend time with you? Are you valuing relationships? Last week, Pastor Mike, he said one thing God has given us to combat stress is relationships. Are you using that gift of relationships or are you too busy to use it? If you missed that sermon, you can check it out on YouTube. But again, are you using that gift or are you too busy to use it? Relationships. If not, maybe... Maybe for you, instead of the hustle lifestyle, you need to free up some time so you can embrace the moment. Maybe, maybe you don't need to schedule every hour of the week. Maybe you do need to hang around a little extra longer to show you're valuing the relationship. Maybe you need to try impromptu hangouts. So our second point is embrace the moment. Our last point is Jesus says no. We see this in Luke 4, and it starts when Jesus is walking around town. I feel like it's the, kind of like a start to a joke, right? Like Jesus is walking around town, and then, but it happens that way. Jesus is walking around town, and he stops at this, uh, he goes to a synagogue, and he, he teaches there. And then he has his friend, Simon, that says, and Simon says, my, my mother-in-law is sick. Will you please come and heal her or check on her? So Jesus goes, and he heals her. And people have been following Jesus around and been following like what he's been doing, and they see this healing happen. So they see this healing happen, and they're like, I know people that are sick. I know people that are hurt. So literally, I'm picturing this Black Friday line lined up in this home of people ready to be healed, right? They're like, ah, uh, my arm, like, hurts. Could you heal that? My leg, like, it's been sore lately. Could you heal that? Like, just this line of people after people after people. Well, Jesus is healing all night long. And evening comes, people leave, Jesus goes to sleep, and when he wakes up, Scripture says Jesus leaves and goes to this isolated place. 
the crowds start looking for him because they're like, I found like a ton of more people that we need to heal. This is something we should, we should do and prioritize. Yet Jesus replies to them and says this, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God in other towns too, because that is why I was sent. So he continued to travel around preaching in synagogues. Now in this passage, Jesus is busy, right? He's busy. Jesus helps people. He's on a mission. He's teaching. He's super busy. He's hustling. Yet he still takes time to go and be alone. He spends time with just God. He has a list of people who want, want them to heal him, or to heal them, but he can't heal everyone, so he only heals some. He says no to staying put. He says yes to preaching in other cities. Now in this passage, in this story, I think there's two things that can help us. The first one is we see Jesus, he needed time to get away, to be in silence with God, and not to be doing anything. If we're to be like Jesus, or people that are trying to live like Jesus, are you doing that? Are you giving yourself a chance to refuel? One chapter later in that story, we see in Luke 5, 15 to 16, it says Jesus always took time away. It says, vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Are you doing that? Are you taking time to refuel and to get away at times, even when things are busy? The second thing we see in this passage, in this story, is that Jesus felt he had a mission, a purpose, a priority. So he said yes to things he felt were most important and said no to others. What's on the top of your list? What are your priorities? What do you need to say no to? Are you stressed because you said yes to too many things? Well, listen to this. It's hard to say no to things until you said yes to the things you prioritize. It's hard to say no to things until you said yes to the things you prioritize. We only have time for a few things in life, right? You need to figure out what your yeses are so you know what you can say no to. There are a lot of things that are absolute yeses in our life, but what about the marginal spare time you do have? What are you saying yes to with that time? We're going to watch this video. It's about a two-minute long video, and it's going to show how important it is to prioritize your spare time. And then we'll be wrapping it up after that. These are roughly 28,835 jelly beans. I counted out 500 of them and used those to weigh the rest. In this pile, there's one jelly bean for each day that the average American will live. You might have more beans in your life, or maybe less, but on average, this is the time we have. Here's a single bean. It's your very first day. A special day, but kind of a rough day on everyone involved. Add 364 more, and you have the first year of your life. Now, for a sense of scale, here are your first 15 years. 5,475 days, which brings us to the threshold of adulthood. And at that moment, this is the time that we have left. And this is, on average, what we will do with all that time. We will be asleep for a total of 8,477 days. If we're lucky, some of that time we'll be sleeping next to someone we love. 
we will be in the process of eating, drinking, or preparing food for 1,635 days. We'll be at work, hopefully doing something satisfying, for the equivalent of 3,202 of those days. 1,099 days will be spent commuting or traveling from one place to another, maybe a little bit more if you live in L.A. On average, we will watch television in one form or another for a total of 2,676 days. Household activities, like chores and tending to our pets and shopping, will take another 1,576 days. And we will care for the needs and well-being of others, our friends and family, for 564 days. We'll spend 671 days bathing, grooming, and doing all other bathroom-related activities. And another 720 days will go to community activities, like religious and civic duties, charities, and taking classes. After we remove all those beans, this is what remains. This is the time that we have left. So we only have so many jelly beans to offer, right? We only have so much time to do so much. What are your priorities? Is it worship? Is it family? Is it friends? Is it work? Is it ministry? Is it your kids? Is it fun? Is it serving? Is it just quiet time? Jesus knew what his priorities were so he could say yes boldly to the things that mattered to him and say no boldly to the things that maybe are still really great things but were not his priority. Are you able to do that? So as we wrap up today, I want to challenge you to try one of these three things Jesus did to make his life less busy and less of a hustle. Again, our three points were work, but put your mission first. Embrace the moment and say no to things that pull you from your priority. Right now, I want to take 30 seconds. I want to take 30 seconds to really think which one we need to work on. What is it for you that you're going to do today or this week? Because we're all dealing with the madness of busyness in some way. How are you going to address it? Are you going to put your mission first? Maybe you're going to find a way to do the thing you're really passionate about. You're going to let go of the idea of living to work. Maybe, maybe you're going to be more spontaneous and embrace the moment. You're going to stop over at someone's house. You maybe stay for coffee or donuts a little extra longer after services. Maybe you go for breakfast with someone after church. Or lastly, are you going to say no to things that pull you from your priority? Are you going to get rid of some things that are busying up your schedule and pulling you away from the things that are actually important to you? Again, these are three things Jesus models for us to do, and it makes our lives less stressful and less of a hustle. Jesus' way of living is something that releases madness, stress, and expectation in our lives, and it positively changes our lives. I want you to know, Following Jesus also provides freedom from so many other things we build up inside. If you want not only relief from the hustle or the busyness, but relief from a life of figuring things out on your own, of guilt, of mistakes, tell God that. Tell him you want to start a relationship with him and you want his direction on life because doing it your own way has led to some frustration and dead ends. So today... I'm going to pray that we do one of the things we mentioned earlier to make our lives less stressful, less of a hustle. 
but also pray that we start following Jesus with our lives to experience the freedom he offers in many other ways. If you want one of those two things, you can pray with me. Hey God, thank you for giving Jesus to model things for us of how we can be less busy, less stressed. I pray that we do one of those things. And then God, I pray as we experience that relief and that positivity of being less stressed, I pray that we see Jesus' way of living as something we should model with our own lives in so many other ways. We want to embrace that. In your name we pray, amen.